please, please give a very warm Calvary welcome to Pastor Chris Gettner. You guys doing good today? I, there's a lot of people, a lot of familiar faces in the house. I'm looking around, looking. This is cool. You got, I love being in South Florida. My, my bones have thawed out. Last week, this, this, uh, this Sunday, last week, it was 15 below zero. So who's moved here from New England? Anybody move here from New England? Yeah. It never happens the other way, right? People don't lo- leave Jupiter to go to Vermont. That just doesn't happen, does it? And yet, that's our story. And uh, I'll just kind of share with you, before I do that, I, I really, um, I, I like him. Is Pastor Dan in how He probably left, didn't he? He knew I was going to do this. Is, is Cheryl here? Is she, Cheryl's not here. They knew I was going to do this. But listen, I'm just going to tell you, Pastor Dan is my pastor. So when I say our pastor, he's my pastor. Um, I love our pastor. And um, I, I would I'd fight somebody, you know. And uh, I always just say, I got your back. And he knew it, you know. Um, and I love our pastor. But, uh, you know, unsung hero is Cheryl. And uh, the cool things is over the years, Cheryl and Penny become really close friends. And she's just been a mentor and an incredible friend to Penny. And, uh, and here, I just, can we celebrate our pastor? I love our pastor. Yeah. All right. So in, um, in 2010, we, we moved to, Verm- well, we actually moved to New Hampshire. You're from New Hampshire. <laughs> and uh, we moved to New Hampshire. And it is, it's New Hampshire's kind of like Jupiter and Vermont is like the farms, you know, you go over the other side, you go out to the other side and um, we, we, uh, we moved there in 2010 and it's been quite an experience, quite a journey. And I, I want to just tell you, uh, leaving Jupiter to go to Vermont and New Hampshire, uh, it, it wasn't easy. Um, honestly, it, on the surface, you would look at it and you'd be like, you crazy. You know what I'm saying? You're crazy. Why would you do this? And uh, it goes back to the Holy Spirit of God called us. And as we, as we moved up there, um, there were moments, a lot of moments, where it, you could not have natural joy. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. It's hard to have natural joy. It doesn't come natural. And here's what I think. I believe so many Christians, we, we come to faith. We, we, we find hope in Christ and it's all is, you know, gummy bears and rainbows in the sky and maybe a unicorn here and there, right? And everything's gravy and then something comes along and it seems like the joy is snuffed out. Do you, are you guys tracking with this? And it, it happens. And I know in our, in our experience that can happen, but here's what I, I want to share with you today. As we uh, moved to New England to start our church, and I'm so grateful for you guys. If you're watching online and you're over there in the, uh, in the video venue, we're so thankful for you guys and how you helped us get there. And not only that, you've helped us along the way. I know many, many, many prayer warriors over the years who have been there and prayed for us and know what's going on in our church. But I'm just telling you now, it get hard sometimes. And, and there was not much natural joy sometimes. It had to come from a supernatural place. I want to talk to you today about joy. And I showed you my, my almond joy. Who likes almond joys? Come on. I totally botched this. I thought it was dark chocolate. Apparently my wife corrected me, said, honey, it's milk chocolate. I'm like, well, that's why I don't like the chocolate. I'm a dark chocolate guy. Any dark chocolate people? But I, I like the almond too. So the almond joy, and here's the thing about the almond joy. You got the chocolate and the coconut, right? 
that's good, but then you add the almond to the mix. If you like, um, it's it, it kind of like the it's almost like the cherry on top of the candy bar. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it's it, it's nice. Anybody like almond joys? Any big fans? What's your name over there? What's your, no right back here? Shay. Shay, can you catch? Yes. Can you catch an almond joy? So here's the, I'm giving Shay. Mom's trying to get it. I see. Oh, she can't catch apparently, right? And, and so the almond joy. Now here's the thing. It, it, that's a gift, right? I just gave Shay a gift. Are you happy about that gift, Shay? Give it up for Shay. Come on now. Good job, Shay. It's a candy bar. Did you see how excited she got about the candy bar? She's got joy. Look at her. She's hugging. <laughs> Listen, a gift can make our, make our hearts joyful, right? We've all received it. By the way, when you leave today, everybody's getting an almond joy. Okay, I'm serious. On your way out, you'll get it. Look at, I see, I see smile over here. Smiles all over the house. A candy bar, folks, right? But oftentimes, little things can make us really joyful, right? Like that moment of joy. But, but here's what I present to you today. I've been a Christian a long time, and I just share with you going to Vermont and to start the church and everything, there are times when the joy didn't come natural, and you, you feel it. You know what I'm saying? You feel like, we're, what's going on? And, and, and I, I declare to you today that many of us have lost joy. And my hope today is to, to be able to encourage you to be able to restore the joy that comes from God. And, and it, it started with, with that day where we tasted and saw that the Lord was good. Do you remember that? Anybody give their lives to Jesus here at Calvary Church? Anybody? Raise your hands. Can we give it up for that? That is awesome. All right. We're going to do something here because some people aren't clapping. That's an issue with me, okay? Can I get this side over here? Come on. Let me hear from you guys. Okay. Let me hear from this side over here. Okay. Come on, guys. Can I get Yeah. What about our video venue? Can we... Can we hear the video venue? No, we don't hear you guys. And online, I know you guys are like, you crazy. <laughs> but do you remember that time when you gave your life to Jesus? And those folks in here who, who say, yeah, I remember that. Listen, it's so easy when we first come to Christ to have the joy. But what can happen, life happens, right? Life happens and stuff happens. And you just, you just sense a lose, lose joy. And, and what I want to share with you today is I believe that we can restore the joy. But, but here's what can happen. This is what happens with Christians. And if you have your, your ally, I encourage you to have this ready. What can happen is joy can, as you become a, a Christian and over time, it feels like an obligation. You ever feel that? Like, I gotta go to church. Did anybody say that this morning? Be honest. Did you say it this morning? Okay, I get to go to church, right? No, I gotta go to church today, right? But it becomes a, an obligation. But does your faith, and I want you to be honest, the process is, does your faith feel more like an obligation or does your faith feel more like a celebration? Think about that. Are you here today as a celebration or are you here today because of an obligation? Okay? Think about that. And as you think about that, I'm going to encourage you to turn in your Bibles to, to Psalm chapter 51. Okay, this is going to be kind of our launching pad scripture today. And let me give you a little background. In Psalm 51, David, you guys know who King David is. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, do you know King David? Go ahead, ask him right here. Uh, do you know, and they don't know, tell them. No, don't tell them, I'll tell them. <laughs> King David has just 
He's just failed incredibly. Ten, like, he broke all 10 commandments really, in, a, in a really quick way. You know what I'm saying? He broke all of them. So much so that King David, if you know the story, had an affair with the woman and he wanted to cover him up, himself up so much. She was with child, if you know what I'm saying. He ends up killing the woman he's having an affair, affair with, her husband. That's how bad it was for David. So David gets kind of caught You guys heard the story of the prophet Nathan calling David out. You remember this? And so David writes a song about that. So here it is. In in Psalm 51, verse 8, it says this. Oh, give me back my... That's weak. Give me back my joy. Okay. Give me back my joy again. Have you ever felt that? Maybe you're here today and you're like, give me back my joy again. Watch what he says here. You have broken me. Now let me what? Rejoice. Let me let me. Okay, we're getting here. Let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the, the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Say this word with me. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Renew me. You ever feel that? Maybe you're here today. You're like, renew me, God. The joy is gone. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Watch this. And I want you to say this with me. Come on, church. Restore to me the what? The joy of whose salvation? Your salvation. Watch this. David is crying out to God. He's like, I remember when it was good. I was a, I'm a man after your own heart, God. And, 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 and I, I, I'm totally, I'm totally messed up. And, and here I am in this place. I want that joy I once had. Will you restore unto me the joy of your salvation? Do you remember the time when you first gave your life to Jesus. Do you remember that? Do you? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? When you first tasted and saw that he is, do you remember that? I know you do. Do you, do you remember that? The joy? It's almost indescribable, isn't it? I'm forgiven. Forgiven of all my sins. They're gone washed away by the blood of the lamb, right? And there's this sense of innocence and and there's a sense of like, wow, I'm free. I have hope. I I have eternal life. Jesus has paid the price that I could never pay for myself. Remember that joy? Come on, do this. You remember that? I believe many of us lose that joy. But I declare to you today that it's still there. It just needs to be restored. It just needs to be restored. So the question I have for you right now, and it's following up with, does your faith feel more like an obligation or a celebration? The follow-up question is, and it's really personal. Would people accuse you of being full of joy? Can I get an ouch? Come on, ouch. Thank you. Ouch. Right? It's like, yeah. At work, would your coworker say, man, He's so full of joy. <laughs> at, at home, did your wife say, he's so full of joy? <laughs> A lot of giggles up in here. <laughs> On Indian Town Road, would people say, wow, they're just beaming. <laughs> they're not high beaming me. I mean, they're just, they're beaming. They're, there's something about them. I, do you... 
exude joy in your life. And I would venture to say, and I know this because I've been a follower of Jesus a long time. And it's easy to allow the, the waves. I know in our context, when we moved from here to Vermont, we started the church. And in a, in a, in a very short period of time, we moved like a lot. You remember this? We moved a lot. We moved from an, the Opera House, 11 and Opera House, pretty grand space, right? And we moved to a Senior Center, the creepiest place I've ever preached from. And so anybody saying amen who's been there? I remember there are these dolls in the back that stared at me when I preached. That's a true story. And go, we went to a, um, we went to an old mill and it's, remember the old mill? It smelled like an old mill too, didn't it? I, there, we went, in, we met in parks, high schools, and then eventually after 10, 11 different places all over, we ended up in our current space, which is a bar. True story. And, and here, here's the thing. It's easy to allow all the things around you. To, to take the joy. By the way, joy is the second fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, what? Joy, peace, goodness, you know those. Love, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's really easy when all the circumstances around us are harsh and challenging and difficult. It's easy for us to allow the flesh, our, our outward things to influence our joy, but I believe we can restore it. I believe we can restore it. Have you ever noticed that a lot of times Christians look like they're sucking on lemons? It's true, isn't it? It's true. Some of you are like, he's watching me. We do. And I think it's a lot of times many of us, we don't have a lot of joy. We might have a lot of good information. I'm telling you, I've been a follower of Jesus since 1980. I've heard every message. I've heard, I've heard it all. I've sat in every Bible study you can sit in under the best. By the way, our pastor, one of the best Bible teachers on the planet, I'm telling you, I know for a fact he is. Yeah, he is. Okay? We've sat in all this, but what is it if we sit in all this and we get a bunch of information and, and we're sucking on lemons the rest of the week, but we got a good Bible? What is it? My, my challenge for you today is this. Let's restore our joy. Let's restore, and here's what I want you to take out your, your notes, and we're gonna, we're gonna walk through how we can restore joy as the driving force of our faith. Could you imagine if we're at Publix and somebody cuts us off in line and we don't fire back in and we just have joy? Thank you for cutting me off. <laughs> That'll never happen, right? <laughs> how to restore joy as the driving force of your faith. Number one, write this down. Remember the treasure. Remember the treasure. And you're like, what is this? Matthew 13, 44. By the way, this scripture has a lot of, has three or four different interpretive views. We're not getting into the exegesis here. Okay, I'll let Pastor Dan take care of that. Um, I want to highlight a couple of key words here that are very important uh, for the sake of today's message. You see, it says in Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is like what? Like a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a what? A treasure. I've never found a treasure. I know there's a lot of treasure hunters. Anybody ever treasure hunt before and find it? Come on now. You have over here? Some people, no? 
right back. That would be cool, right? Go off of Jupiter and find like a sunken treasure and you pop it. You're like, whoa, watch this though. He's, so the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered in a hidden field. And then he says this, Jesus says, in his what? Say this with me. In his excitement, he hit it again because he wanted, he wanted to experience that, that same excitement. And it says, and he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Here's the point. We've got to be like that about our treasure, the treasure of salvation, the treasure of hope for eternal life, the treasure of forgiveness of sin, the treasure that Jesus Christ did for us, what we could never do for ourselves, amen? You got to remember that treasure, the price that was paid for you and for me. Remember the treasure. Well, it says in his excitement. Isn't that good? In his excitement. He's fired, like, he's fired up. Are you fired up about your faith? I'm not talking in a weird way, okay? There's the weird way you weird. And look, I'm not knocking Christian t-shirts, but I am. <laughs> some of them are weird. Some of them aren't, but some of them are weird, right? I'm talking about joy that comes from within. The Holy Spirit, the second fruit of the Spirit, Joy. It's not you throw a t-shirt on or a sticker on your car, joy. I'm talking real joy. Are you excited about your faith? So if we're going to restore joy, we have to remember that treasure. We've got to remember that day. November of 1980, I remember it. I was only eight years old. I was a kid. I remember it though. I remember it so much, so vividly. And I remember the times when God has shown up along the way as we've started our church. And over the years, we've grown from a, a little huddle in our, in our living room on the fourth floor in Lebanon, New Hampshire, to what we're seeing. We've seen over 700 people give their lives to Jesus in our church since 2700 people. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Only Jesus can do that. We've got to remember those things because sometimes the things around us are going, to, are going to affect our souls, the depth of us, and going to rob us of the joy. We have to remember the treasure. Number two, I want you to write this down. We've got to, we've got to make a decision. We've got to make a decision. Look at, look at the person next to you and say, you've got to make a decision. Go ahead. Go ahead. You've got to make a decision. What are you talking about, Chris? First Thessalonians Chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to Christians in Thessalonica, and they're going through a very challenging time. And if you recall, he, he tells them a few times, like, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back, right? Do you remember that? But watch what he says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. And this, we can all say this one together. Sometimes be joyful. When it feels good, be joyful. What does it say? Always. Always be joyful. It's a decision. Listen, Paul is telling a group of Christians who are going through a lot more than we could ever imagine. We think it's hard when somebody makes fun of our little, you know, of our bumper sticker or that you go to church on Sunday. We think that, no, he's talking to people who are having serious challenges because of their faith. And he's saying, always be joyful. Always be joyful. 
in the good, in the bad, in the ugly, be joyful. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you. It's a decision. And here's, here's what gets really cool. How, so how, does, how do I make that decision? The decision starts with this. Everybody do this. Come on now. Nobody is too cool to do this. Come on. Both hands. <laughs> you know what this is, right? What is it? Surrender. surrender. I surrender. Okay, I can't do it. Look, put your hands down. Some of you guys are like, he's making me feel awkward. <laughs> we have the Holy Spirit of God who lives in us. And when we decide on a daily basis to surrender, we're like this. Guess what happens? It's a decision for joy. Do you see that? It's a decision for joy. It's a decision for what? For joy. And it's not circumstantial. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy is, is supernatural as we surrender to God and allow the Holy Spirit who lives in us to exude that fruit of joy in our lives. Listen, it is a decision that we make. If you want to restore joy, make that decision every day of surrender. Remember that scripture? Take up your cross daily. Live in surrender daily. Number three, I want you to write this down. If we're going to be a people who are restoring joy as the driving force of our faith, we want to remember the treasure, make a decision, but we also need to realize that there is no burden. Write that down. There's no burden. I like this part because I think oftentimes, and I know, again, I've been a follower of Jesus, and, and even in the context of our church, as we started our church, and we've kind of watched God grow us and do some cool things, in spite of the circumstantial you know, things, the Holy Spirit has given us joy as a church, and we've plowed right through it. But as I think about this idea that there's no burden, it really is liberating. Watch this scripture. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, we do this by what? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion. Isn't that good? Jesus is the champion. Now, I live in New England where they like to say the Patriots are the champions. We got to, we got to, oh, hey, watch it, bro. I'm telling you. I know, it's horrible. I'm not a, I'm, I'm neutral, okay? I have to be. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, who's the champion. Sorry, Patriots fans. Jesus is the champion who in, initiates and perfects our faith because of what? Because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross. It, that doesn't make sense. He's facing the cross, and the Bible says he was what? He, he was, he was, it was the joy awaiting him. As he's facing the cross, I'm going to explain this in a minute, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. And then you won't become weary and give up. Why did Jesus endure the cross? It says it right here. Because of the joy that was awaiting him. And he says right there, he knew where he was going. Jesus went to the cross willingly, knowingly. What he, he knew what he was doing, okay? Jesus went to the cross, died for our sins, and he knew what was awaiting. He was gonna sit at the right hand of the Father. But I believe more than that was he knew how it would affect the world in your life. He endured it. 
We don't have to. Jesus did it for us in our place. And with that in mind, if, if we would, would take this idea of restoring the joy as the driving force of our faith, we, we, we realize that I don't have to carry the burden. Jesus did it. Isn't that good? He did it on the cross for you and I. He endured, did for us what we could never do for ourselves. And I'm telling you now, if we, if we just simply engage this and, and embrace this idea that he endured it, he did it in our place, we don't have to carry that burden anymore. How liberating will that be? Remember the surrender thing? We can live like that. I don't have to do it. I can't accomplish this. I can live in God's grace. I can respond to him, the life surrendered. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. This is on your outline and we're gonna, we're gonna say this together. It says this, for the joy of the Lord is my, what? My strength, isn't that good? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So our strength comes from the joy of the, isn't that good? The joy of the Lord is our strength. He willingly endured the cross, joyfully endured the cross to give us hope, to to set up us for an eternal inheritance. Isn't that good? To forgive of sin, to give us new life, adopt us and graft us in as his children. He endured so that we don't have to carry the burden. And then last but not least, I love this one. If we're going to restore joy as the driving force of our faith, it makes me think about um, one of our values at Riverbank Church. I have a lot of people ask me, where is it exactly? We're in White River Junction, Vermont. Big city, huge. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm really kidding. It's not. They're laughing because they live there. (laughs) We do have a McDonald's, but... One of our values is celebrate. We like to celebrate the wins, everything. Don't we celebrate a lot, don't we? We celebrate because we know that celebrating is a reminder that God's doing something bigger and more than we could ever imagine. It's not about all the information we gather. It's about what Jesus is doing, what he's done, what he's currently doing, what he's going to do. And that's celebrating that. I want you to write it down. We've got to celebrate often. I love, in our church, we gave away, when we kind of introduced this value to our church, we gave away, this is a true story, we gave away cowbells. You imagine that day? Remember that day? And there's this one lady in our church, precious soul. She, uh, she takes that cowbell, it's in her purse, everywhere she goes. Everywhere she goes. And she brings it to work and she says, Pastor, I bring the cowbell and when, you know, when there's a, something, you know, I feel like is a, want to celebrate and excuse me, I just bring that cowbell. And I'm like, I wonder how her coworkers think of that. You know what I'm saying? But we've got to celebrate often. I want you to look on your outline and as we kind of close here, it says Philippians chapter four and verse four. Say this with me. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Okay, yeah, we're good, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul's like, hey, if you didn't get it the first time, you're gonna get it now. Watch this. I will say it again. Rejoice. Church, we have so much to celebrate. Can I just get real practical here? You realize how much you have to celebrate here at Calvary Church? 
do you realize, oh man, God is doing a work here. I'm hearing the stories. I talk, Pastor Dan, I talk to him all the time. I talk to Pastor TJ. I know what's going on here. God is doing a work here. Corporately, we can celebrate. Isn't that cool? You should celebrate right now. God is doing something in this church. I'm, but let's get personal. God is doing something in your life. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Let that be your cry today. Let that be your, your focus. Let that be something that you drill down on in your life. You're saying, you know what? I'm not going to allow the world around me to determine my joy. The joy is in me. Holy Spirit of God lives in me. And I'm going to celebrate often what God has done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. Amen? Maybe you're here today. And maybe somebody invited you. I don't know your situation, but here's, I believe God has you here on purpose. Maybe joy, this whole idea of joy is new to you. And you're talking about Jesus and joy, and I don't understand it. Well, I think it's important that we, we really make it personal. We're talking about joy. Well, I know about me. I know how, I know about, I'm a mess. You know what I'm saying? I know everybody else in here is too. Bible says this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, God is holy, we are not. We've all sinned and fallen short of God and his glory. The scripture goes on, says there's a consequence for that. And the consequence of our sin, it says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And, and, and so not only is everybody in this room a sinner, but everybody in here will die. And you're like, oh, snap. <laughs> I came in to get goosies, right? But here's the truth, you're gonna die, and so am I. 10 out of 10 people will die. As Pastor Dan says, impress your friends at parties, right? <laughs> but there's more hopelessness there. Our sin not only causes us to die, but it also separates us from God eternally in a literal place called hell. But there's hope. There's hope. See, the scripture doesn't stop there when it says, for the wages of sin is death. No, it goes on. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We've been talking about joy and the joy doesn't come from you being religious enough or moral enough. It comes from us recognizing we're sinners and we need a savior. Jesus came and lived a sinless, perfect life, died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave three days later to give us hope. The scripture says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The scripture says, today is the day of salvation. So if you're here today, and you want that real joy. You want forgiveness of sin, hope for eternal life. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Everybody received one of these, a connection card. On the back of it, it says, my next step. Maybe you're like, I want to take that next step. I want to say yes to Jesus today. Will you mark that box? And on your way out today, will you place it in the box? And we will make sure we get in touch with you to help you better understand what it is to have that true joy found in Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I thank you that you say, restore to me the joy of your salvation. That it's your salvation that you give, not ours that we earn. I thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for this church, what you're doing. 
Lord, be with us as we go our way. Lord, help us to restore joy, the joy that only you can give. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.